Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Rant Much, a podcast for black girls who talk too much. I am here with my lovely co-host. Hey, guys, it's your girl, Naya. How you doing? And it's truly, obviously, I mean... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. Of course. I don't of know. Course. I don't know why I felt like that would be different. It's the two of us, okay? <laughs> Period. At this point, you should know us. Sorry. Absolutely. Um, but also, so yeah. some people could be new. This could be your first episode, and that's okay too. If it is your first episode, welcome to the mess. Welcome to the jungle, sweetie. And also, if this is your first episode, stop right now and go back to the beginning. Exactly. I'm so sorry. I can't let you do this to yourself. <laughs> you cannot listen to this episode and be like, okay, I understand rant much now. No, you don't. You don't it understand does. us at all. You need to stop where you are. I'm telling you at the beginning of this episode. We haven't even gotten into a minute in. Stop right now. Help yourself to this <laughs> and go back to the beginning. Because otherwise, you're going to be so confused about who we are and what we do. But now that you're here, if you decide, hey... After this minute, it is now up to your discretion that you stay here and be confused. So if you are continuing on, and if you are one of our loyal followers at this point, how you doing? How's life been? What's good, y'all? What's good? What's good, y'all? I mean, we have 26 other episodes for you to catch up on if you are new. So there's a whole lot more stuff where this is coming from. But welcome to today's episode. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the wrap up of our previous series which was identity crisis um yeah we we had an incredible series it was quite a long one but i think definitely one of my favorites i don't know about you naya but of all the series that we've done identity crisis was my absolute favorite um and shout out to our guests that we had shout out to candace and kirsten and shah and mosa and Everybody who came, yes. Renia, everyone who came on and, you know, it was just amazing. Thank you for, for joining our family unofficially and officially. Um, yeah, but today yes. we wrap up everything, basically. Um, I don't want to spill the Ooh. beans too early, but Naya, <laughs> how did... Uh, we can spill them at the end of the episode. I'm we okay can spill, Yeah, we, we can, can spill them at the end. So just wait, you know, to hear, just for a surprise, wait till the end of the episode. <laughs> You have to now listen. For those of you who, you know, have been with us since the beginning, you have to now listen until the end. I'm sorry. Um, but anyways, Tulos, how you been? I'm good. I am extremely tired. Um, I'm just very tired. I've been it. feeling really tired just lately in general. And I think we think that because we work from home that we're not really working. I think sometimes I feel like that I feel bad for feeling tired because I work from home and I don't wake up and shower and go to the office every day. But I do wake up and shower and open my emails and work every day. And from nine to five, I'm engaged in work that is work, that is not necessarily, um, you know, recreational or like things that I choose to do in the day. So it is, I'm, I'm tired, I'm tired and I'm, I'm starting to allow myself to feel that kind of exhaustion 
we are halfway through the year, well, past halfway through the year. So that mid year. I was just about to say, girl, it's eight out of four out right now. Like, we just started the eighth year it's, or eighth month. Like, woo. I don't know. I guess I didn't feel like the half of the year. Like, when June, July came around, I wasn't like, okay, first half is. I don't know. I, I'm weird like that. I don't necessarily. Uh, conceptualize the year like that like okay we're halfway there because i don't necessarily i'm not necessarily one of those people who look forward to the new year i'm always like what the hell is yeah. the new year gonna bring like so 2021 changes <laughs> to 2022 nothing changes it's just the it's just the number so what are we actually yeah, changing what are we actually trying to get away from so yeah other than that i'm really just allowing myself to feel what i feel I'm allowing myself to feel tired. I'm allowing myself to sleep in when I can. I'm allowing myself weekends to not be social and to really just relax and recuperate um, because I deserve it. <laughs> and I've been working really hard this year. Um, so, yeah, I need to just yes, give myself do. some props sometimes, you know, which I don't do often. Period, poo. <laughs> But yeah, that's how I am. I that's that's me. How are you? Uh, where are you at right now? So Tully and I were just talking about this before the episode. But your girl is having a midlife, not midlife crisis. Quarter life. Um, quarter life crisis. So quarter life crisis. Exactly. The not quarter life, quarter life crisis. There we <laughs> go. That that Maybe that's what this episode should be called. I don't know. Um, but that is where I'm at. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm supposed to be going to school in a few weeks just for me to realize this week. I don't know if I want to go guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is terrifying and also liberating and also freeing. And I feel like this is the right direction, but I keep telling myself, I just need a job. I need a job to solidify this next move. If yeah. I am going to do that, I can't just not go to school. I, I got to you know, pay my bills. And the whole point of my gap year was, okay, let me figure out how to adult and then I'll go to school and learn how to be an even better adult. Well, mm-hmm. I think I've gotten pretty good at this adulting thing. And so now I just feel like, what is the point of going back to school? I have two degrees. You know, most people go to school, they get their one degree and then they go off and get like two or three. I got out of the gate with two and a wide diverse multitude of experiences um that i personally think makes me a pretty competitive candidate for any job i'm in Mm. um so i'm starting to recognize that now and starting to recognize that like the dreams that i thought i wanted are too small they're Mm. way too small for where i want to go and that's again very liberating but it's also really scary because you've planned so much of your life around this thing and now that you're deciding that you don't want this. Not somebody's telling you this. Like, people are now, I feel like, pushing me in the direction of where I am telling them I want to go. Like, they're hearing me and they're like, I don't think you're headed in the direction you think you are. Mm. And that really kind of sucks. Because it's like, but I thought I was just supposed to do this. And they're like, but why? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I just am supposed to. And <laughs> they're like, but you don't But you don't to. have like, to. No one... <laughs> You don't have to, yo. Like, Man. why are you pressed about something that no one's making you do? Absolutely. Like, this is a choice. Like, honestly, I didn't have to get my two bachelors, right? Like, mm. I could have just done the one and kept it moving. But that was always my plan was to have two bachelors and always to study abroad. And I had this plan. By the time I graduated high school, I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. And as I started looking at grad school, I don't have a plan. I, I quite frankly was just like, I just want to do whatever. And people are like, why would you spend $40,000 to do whatever 
Like, yeah. I get that you want to learn any and everything, but like you said it yourself, like you already know how to do so much of this. Why not get the real world experience or do this or another? So I don't know. We will see what is headed my way. Um, I may be packing up my life and moving to a new state soon. Mm. So that's exciting and scary and fun and all, all the, the other things time. that come with change yeah yeah all at the same time i'm just uh, weirdly enough right now talking about it i'm very calm but yesterday i was very anxious yeah and i think when i slept on it and like thought about it and kind of like prayed on it and meditated on it i was just like mm, this i feel like the fear is not so much like i shouldn't do this it's more like i'm afraid of what will happen if i do mm. that's not enough to keep someone from doing something that's just normal healthy fear that's that's fine. Yeah. Unfortunately, what I keep telling to myself lately, my friend told me this the other week. Actually, it was Shar who told me this a few weeks ago. So shout out to Shar for this one. Um, faith and fear cannot exist in the same dominion. Hey. And with that in mind, I've been trying to keep that in mind. As I've said previously, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge religious person. I'm very spiritual. And weirdly enough, that was all I needed to like whip my butt into shape. Yeah. Like, you can't be afraid and also have faith that it's all going to work out. Mm-hmm. you got to pick one. And considering the funk that I ain't no punk, fear is gonna have to take a back seat. Absolutely. For me, so. But I mean, also, I think, I think the in your situation, the faith then must triumph the fear. You know, um, yeah. It's almost like um, being 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 fearful is not like it's like being 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 fearful doesn't necessarily mean that it is a bad thing or that it's a weakness it just means that your faith needs yeah. to outweigh the fear you know it it's just that the faith needs to be bigger than the fear because the fear will be there the anxiety the scaredness whatever will be there um but i i always say like just feel the fear and do it anyways <laughs> because it will be yes, there it will it exist anyways. it will be there you know especially people like us who are type a who are planners who want to know that we're yeah. taking the right steps and moving in the right direction but you know what let's feel the fear and do it anyways um i'm not because sure that's the only way you're gonna move forward you know absolutely absolutely and i was saying tonight before we started recording like Man, over the past week in like really, really small instances in my life, I'm learning to trust my instinct. I'm learning to trust my own voice, that small voice, your intuition, whatever it is that you call it. I call it the Holy Spirit, but like that small voice inside of you, like that voice is not, it's not nothing. And for the past week or so, I've really just been leaning in and listening in on that voice and obeying that voice even when it feels like what I'm doing is selfish and it just looks out for me and it and it just protects me. I made a decision. Well, guess what? That's all I got. Exactly. So I'm learning that I don't like this selfish word, y'all. Like, I'm learning I hate that word because I have been drilled into me to care about other people. Yeah. And that is very much so my personality type. Well, at one point, do people start caring about me? Because they're not going to care about me more than they care about themselves. Yeah. So if no one is looking out for me, who, is? who the hell is going to look out for me? You know, who like, is? that's just not... We need to reprogram ourselves, not selfish in a rude, disrespectful way, which I know is what typically people mean, right? But also, like, it's about me. I'm sorry. My life is about me. If we were to write a story, it would be about me. character syndrome. Okay. Okay. We need, it's not a syndrome. We need to have main character energy about ourselves. And I I realized I haven't had main character energy. I really haven't. 
I think also because we Same. we get into spaces or places in our lives where we really trust the people that we've chosen. Like I have a really good circle around me yep. who I trust and I lean on for advice and I lean on to speak into my life. But I don't know, man. There's just something that feels You know when you make a decision because let's say for example your mom was like this was the right thing to do. You should rather do this. She'll advise you and then you'll yes. go ahead with what she yes. does or what she says. And I don't know, man. Over the past few months, I've just been feeling so incomplete in those decisions. I'll I'll do what my loved ones will, you know, advise or like, you know, take their advice and, and follow it, you know. But at the end of the day, I sleep here in this bed by myself alone and I feel like I robbed myself. Or <laughs> like I wasn't true to myself in that situation and I don't feel happy with that decision, you know? And that's what I've been yeah. trying to overcome as of late. When I say as of late, I mean like over a week. I made a decision not so long ago that fully serves me and fully serves, <laughs> you know, where I'm at and how I feel and my mental health because I've, I've found that living alone my mental health is so expensive it is so expensive yeah. it is the most important thing i have the only thing i have when i'm by myself living on my own is my sanity you know so i've literally had to make decisions that are purely for me and i man i feel on top of the world like i feel good <laughs> i feel fantastic and not that it's to anybody's detriment of course i will never make decisions that will harm other people but i i definitely need to come to a place where i'm considering the main character in my story i want the main character to survive i'm invested in her story i want to see her triumph i want to see her win i want to see her be great and in order for those things to happen for her uh, I need to consider her in the writing of the story, right? Every day I make decisions, I'm yeah. writing the story. Every day I choose whether to go left or right, that's writing another part of the story. And so I say in, in, in your existential crisis and quarter-life crisis, almost quarter-life crisis, <laughs> I really encourage you to lean into your voice, to lean into your instinct, because at the end of the day, Naya, when you are sitting with you by yourself in your room at night, you need to be happy with the decisions that you've made for yourself, right? Nobody yeah. is going to yeah. sit there at night and cuddle you and make you feel better for the mistakes you made. You sit with those things. You sit with those regrets. Yeah. Nobody else. And everybody else who advises you, go to school, do the right thing, do this, and you know, advises you against what your heart is telling you, they're making their own decisions in their own lives. <laughs> they're the main characters True. in their lives. And they're moving on and they're moving happy in whatever decisions they make. You need to be happy with the decisions you make. That's all I'm saying. Um, I say pray about it. I say, you know, listen to the intuition. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to whatever leads you and guides you. And, and go with that. Because I don't think that will let you down. It's never let me down. <laughs> um me listening to other people has let me down in the past so yeah that's that's my multiple, times. multiple. <laughs> i can't even count <laughs> yeah but i mean this is the the real round session um so the wrap up of the series and the wrap up of um what we've been doing for the past few weeks but i really want to reflect a little bit naya and um 
ask you what your favorite part of this last series was or your favorite moment or your favorite guest or you know just looking back down the past eight weeks i think it's been eight eight, eight weeks of of Has identity it really crisis. been eight weeks it's been two months it's been two months that we've done dear lord identity guys. crisis <laughs> share with us some of your guys when we came up with this idea yeah when we came up with the idea of a series we definitely were saying a month like we really yeah. were saying a month yeah and as we started coming up with these series we just kept adding topics so that's why i'm like what eight weeks it's what are you talking weeks. about but no seriously Tilly's right it has been a long time yeah. um but i definitely i agree i enjoyed this series i would argue though i know you said this was your favorite series i would say my favorite series was the love series oh really and that maybe because i i just love love i don't know but i just found that to be such a different way of talking about things yeah. right like i just found that to be so cool that we just attacked it from so many different angles um yeah However, the identity series is definitely close to my heart. Not only because my two, two of my best friends were on it, um, but also just because uh, it was, it was cool to see the paradox between the two worlds. Mm. Um, and I, we really tried our hardest to try and get um, different perspectives so trying to get like the south african perspective versus the american perspective and what i found so interesting but we already knew this but the two of us knew this um but we have more similarities than differences right and Mm. i definitely felt at home with a lot of the conversations overlapping and that was really cool to see it was like rania um charday uh and Dang it. I'm like trying to think of our other guests. Candace, <laughs> Musa. Um, yes, specifically Candace is who I was thinking of. Thank you. So between Rania, Candace, and Sharday, all of them had these experiences of being dark skinned black women. Mm. And it didn't matter what perspective they were coming from. Yeah. They all had this weird moment during school where they came to this realization of this doesn't feel. This isn't how I want to be treated. And people look at me different because of the color of my skin. Yeah. Right. And they all have that recognition identity moment where it was like as a child, this just uh, changed their perception of the world from a really young age. Right. And as kids, we have this idea that in your childhood, nothing's supposed to touch you. You are supposed to be so open to the world and Mm. so free and all these other things. And I think those three women came onto the show and showed us like, no. I realized that something was off, no matter the topic we gave them, right? So everybody had a different topic that they came onto the show to talk about. But no matter the the topic that they came to talk about, it all was this unified feeling of like, I recognized that something was off between when I was going to school, when I was at home, and then when I went to live out on the world as my own. Mm. Those are three different experiences and they have very much so informed my life. What I find interesting as I'm talking about this is that... Mosa and Kirsten didn't necessarily have those experiences yeah. until they got older. Yeah. And that is what I found really, like, interesting and kind of weird. And I don't say weird in a bad way, but weird as in it's strange to me because I relate more to the side of the spectrum who's like, yeah, I totally recognize that there was something different about me versus all the other people in my class, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but both of them are, like, white passing. Both of them are mixed, right? Yeah. They're both mixed with some white European blood. Yeah. And I find interesting that both of them didn't necessarily have to 
have that life changing eye opening experience mm. per se um as a really young kid whether that's in middle school or high school or elementary or whatever right when you're in the schooling age um where it's like oh i'm different yeah. that's that's weird yeah i just think that's so interesting that it didn't matter whether they were from south africa or they were from america you know like yeah that. i mean and i can obviously say yeah yeah, I was about to say, I think what that says to me is that it just solidifies how much racism is the thing. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. it's the fact that white supremacy is a thing all over the world. And I don't know where you're listening yeah. to this podcast, where you are in the world listening to this podcast, but I think the conclusion I draw from Identity Crisis as a series is the closer you are to white, you know, the easier your life becomes socially, you know, as you socialize and as you become, you know, part of this world. Um, and I think that that is, the, is true in the Americas. It is true in Africa, sadly, um, or South Africa particularly. Yeah. So I think, I think that's the one thing that I think we, we were all able to take away is that we are so similar in the sense that all of us are still fighting white supremacy, not fighting white supremacy. Yeah. Like we are still fighting white supremacy. Um, and still fighting what all also, of that comes with and the um, the way that it invalidates our existence as black people across yeah. the globe. Across the whole diaspora. Yeah, I agree. I would say also, it's interesting, as you were talking, I also thought about the fact that, like, they are not they. Nosa and Kirsten, even though, like, they are closer in, like, physical features to whiteness, right? Um even they say that that is, or they said on their episodes, I shouldn't say they say, that seems so weird to say, right? Um, but on their episodes, they even were like, it. it's weird because people don't recognize the other part of my heritage. Yeah. Like people look at me and still don't recognize, like I'm not all white. Yeah. <laughs> or like Kirsten says in the beginning, when she and I first met, I was like, Curse mm, could be Latinx, yeah. and she's like, no. And it's funny because the people who knew, like, knew Kirsten's uh, racial like breakdown, were like, no, what the heck are you talking about? But at first, when we met, I really didn't know. Like, I was yeah. like, okay, I know she's mixed. Like, I can tell that, but I don't know what she's mixed with. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> but it's funny sure, that, yeah. Yeah, and and that sh I think Mosa said the same thing about you when you met her. You didn't yeah. know that she was mixed. I did, and that is so fascinating to even being black people viewing the world. Like obviously, we're looking through the world through the white supremacist you know teachings that we've been given, right? Mm. And so we're just reacting to the world the way that we know how. And so as we look back on the same the same spectrum, we're like, uh, this doesn't add up to us either type thing. I think as I'm getting older, I'm starting to recognize like, this is just the world. And we are very much so the ones who have created these boxes. Like, yeah. this is just the world. Like people are, people are gonna fall in love, right? Like most of parents are still together. Yeah. Kirsten's parents are still together, yeah. you know? Like they very much so still love each other. They just fell in love. They just so happen to be two different races, yeah. you know? Um, and I think at least in the black community, we actually didn't talk about this on any of the episodes, which I think is so funny. I think it's interesting that in the black community, specifically at least here in America, Tuli, correct me if it's a thing over with you all, mm -hmm. but we'd have this like negative perception of mixed people. Like we absolutely look down on them. Like how dare you fall in love and procreate with someone who does not look like you. Really? And we, it's specifically a thing 
I would say to black men, to black women. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a weird paradox. So, like, black women look at black men like, first of all, statistically speaking, right? Black men are the the racial group that are more likely to date outside of their race Mm -hmm. of any demographic. That is an American statistic. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me the numbers. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of self hate there, right? Yeah. There's a there's a that heavy sigh is exactly exactly <laughs> what I think when I hear that. You know exactly um, what I'm thinking. <laughs> heck yeah, y'all awesome. Fill in the blank, right? <laughs> but that's the statistic. That's the reality that Black girls have to live with is the fact that the majority of the Black men that they will interact with may or may not be jiggy with other black women outside of them. Some of them even fetishize their own black sisters as if we don't get fetishized enough Mm. by people outside of our race. That's a whole nother topic, right? And then there's also the perception of black women dating outside of our race. And there's there's this perception, this messaging, right? I dated outside of my race because I fell in love with this person. They treat me better than some of the other black guys ever have. Mm-hmm. Yada, yada, yada. And then black men turn around. It's like, well, you didn't date me and blase, blase. Well, you didn't find a real man or <laughs> how dare you. So there's this constant battle where black women are looking like, okay, bro, but the majority of y'all don't even like us. Yeah. Don't even know how to respect us. And we're literally your mothers, your aunts, your cousins, yep. your sisters. But then let us date outside of our race and you're looking down on us like we are the scum of the earth even more because now you're looking like, how dare you type thing. So there is this weird perception when now you have this mixed child in the mix who's at your school, who's at your church, Mm. and you're sitting there now knowing all of this messaging, right? And this person has now been created by two people who were going to hypothetically Disney World say these two people loved each other we we all know we're grown enough to know that not just because you love somebody do you procreate with them Mm -hmm. anyways but hypothetically speaking two people loved each other enough to procreate to lay in bed together to create this other human being and now they're my child's classmate or now they are my classmate or now they are my best friend and there are all these other messages that says that this should not have happened right and not because of a systematic system that we grew up in say like Tuli in a lot of episodes we've we've said like their generation is the first generation to not be in apartheid yeah. to not know what that was like right we don't have that we have maybe two generations removed from the civil rights yeah so in theory some of those individuals are are now dying off to yeah. be honest so like in America at least it's it's almost thought of like the civil rights movement was the stone age <laughs> even though it's a it lot did. closer than that extremely yeah. closer it's almost thought of in our in our textbooks and how it's taught us in school and how we interact with each other like it's literally ages ago ages, they're, they're, yeah. jim crow what that that's not a thing you know so yeah. whereas like apartheid is like okay that was just last <laughs> week it was two weeks ago <laughs> okay, bro. Like, okay it was two weeks ago. two weeks ago what are you talking okay, about and we and are that's still what's crazy to me and we are still i mean some would argue apartheid has not left okay it just it, it exists in a different right form. um but yeah and because we think of america in the stone ages like we don't look at it like that we yeah. still don't acknowledge some so much of the stuff that's happened that either was hidden or broken down or hidden from us or left in the dark or whatever you want to say it was i think because of that we have the deficit of not acknowledging all the stuff that's happened as a result of it and actually acknowledge those things so that when the mixed child is inside the room we don't other them as well just because of our own 
white supremacist ideals because who is to say that two people can't come together and love each other and create a family together and be together even though they are two different races like it's crazy to me that even in the 21st century I still have to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is wild. It and is. Weird it and is. just disturbing. I mean, I don't think we have the same kind of tensions around um, dating outside of your race, particularly. I don't, I don't think, but I, I they definitely, <laughs> listen, I, I've, I've met, I've met a man, a black man or two in my life who uh, have <laughs> expressed to me ever so um, passionately you know that they oh, uh, that they that they prefer you know to court ladies of the fairer skin tone so i um Ugh. yeah i had a Ugh. really really good friend he was like one of my best friends in high school he literally said to me that he w- would not date a black woman because like her lady parts like her boobs her nipples her body her, her vagina her bums remind him of his mother or his sister and so it was a way for him to separate himself because he was raised by his mother and his sister and was like i i could not sleep with a woman who has nipples that look like my mom's (laughs) you know and first of all if nobody else on the planet is thinking like that don't you have so much call and question to question why that's how your brain right feels that like but i mean i'm in high school why would you not date I'm in high school, so this is making complete sense to me. You know, I'm like, yeah, I hear you. I agree. I agree. I wouldn't want to spend with my mama too. Like, yeah. like, I get it. You know, and that's disgusting. Why would you? That's exactly. Ugh, that's nasty. Exactly. I feel that. I feel that. And then you come back and you're like, what the hell? Until you like. grow up and realize that I think there's nothing wrong with having preferences. There's absolutely nothing. I have some some preferences myself when it comes to dating but i think the issue Agreed. becomes when you feel the need to put down the group of people that you don't prefer and and that is my issue and i think the the connotation with what he was saying was that our lady parts are not as desirable because dark nipples are not sexy you know you want that pink nipple you know what i mean because that pink nipple that's feminine that doesn't that's make cute. any sense Do you know what i mean and that's what he was implying you know that 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 the features on oh. black women or rather the private parts of black women were so aggressive and um they were they were not as inviting or not as you know like delicate and feminine and whatever and i think black women across the world we have fought you know the idea that like white women are just more they're just they're delicate flowers and we are bogodos we don't bleed we are strong women we are you know whatever and 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 that's like the whole thing and that's when i started to realize that like okay some men really have an issue with black women because they don't actually view us as like delicate and feminine and worthy of care because white women are delicate and respectability politics and all of that i could go into all of that i could get into you know i live in the rape capital of the world and i say this all the time but we can go into why black women get raped more than white women do you know why white women are protected in society more than black women are because we're fine right we're gonna be okay we're strong we're you know we don't bleed we don't hurt we take it on you know and 
I have definitely met men. And that's detrimental to both sides of the coin. Absolutely. I mean, I've met men who definitely... Because, like, I know my white friends... Go ahead, Tos. Sorry. I'm j- sorry, I was just wanting to finish that. I, I've met men who definitely don't um, prefer to date white women and then... I mean, to, to date black women and then put black women down in the process of it. And then I've met a lot of white girls, and I went to high school with these girls, okay, who really fetishized yeah. black men. I had a really good friend of mine who really it. fetishized black men. It. And I guess the scenario is different here. We're not in the minority. So I understand in your context, it is so different for white women to also now want to date black men. First of all, there are six of them, okay? And everybody is trying to date a black man. <laughs> Please give us a chance. So I get that. Valid. So for me, Valid. I've really never felt any type of way about white women who want to date black men, particularly in South Africa, because men in South Africa are a different breed. So I'm like, take them off our hands. Sis. Like, if you want them, you can date them. <laughs> I have Girl. no issue with you dating fun, a black man. Fun. I really okay. don't. I have no issue play with him, play with his heart, break his heart. He could use, you know, he could use a heartbreak or two, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there's a disdain. He could use the lesson, okay? Exactly. Please. I don't think there's a disdain <laughs> in South Africa for mixed race people. If anything, I think it's the complete opposite. Like I was saying to, on the episode mm. with Mosa when I first met her, I was like, wow, she's definitely like not South African. She's from the Netherlands. She's so cool. And I think that's yeah. how we view... I don't want to say exotic because I think it's offensive and Musa did share that it is quite offensive, but to have somebody racially yeah. ambiguous in Africa, in South Africa, it's really like you, you winning, you're winning, winning. And Musa spoke about that. She spoke about how she got fetishized by guys and, you know, um, was preferred by a lot of guys yeah. and, and that's not really winning. Exactly. <laughs> and it's not really winning because they don't really want to get to know her. It's just that she looks different and she looks beautiful so that's what is selling for her and that yeah. is what makes her win for me as a quote-unquote basic black girl because that's what i look like on the outside i don't i don't have any i'm black okay you don't look at me and think oh she could be nah you are anything <laughs> but basic but i just find that funny <laughs> but i just think in in south africa if you look if there is even a question of your race of your ethnicity of your bloodline you are immediately cool <laughs> you are cool. You are winning in society. Okay, that's valid. Apparently, I was cool when I visited y'all, and I absolutely, don't, I'm just black. Like I'm, I'm black, black, blackity black, <laughs> blackity black. So yeah, I think there's definitely a difference there. Actually, I'm gonna take that statement back. Even though it was a joke, I'm gonna take it back because I'm learning not to do that. And this is what I mean by that. I am black. But because I am African-American, I am also a multitude of other races as well. Yeah. I just don't know it. Yeah. That is what I will say. So when that I say I'm true. black, I do say it with pride. Because a lot of times when people ask, like, what are you mixed with? Like, it's usually in a connotated way that you have to be mixed with something else because you're so desirable or you're attractive or whatever. Mm. Like, black can't just be desirable. However, black can't just be I'm desirable going to spin that on the test. Exactly. And that is usually how we take it. And it's usually like an offensive thing. But also, like, I think I'm coming to an age where I'm coming to accept the fact that I am mixed with multiple things. Yeah. Specifically on my dad's side, my grandmother was white. She was killed because she married, well, I don't know if they were married, but had a black child. Mm. Procreated with a black man. White people didn't like that. She had to go. Okay? So that's essentially the story. 
there. Um, on both sides of my family, I'm sure I have a multitude, a myriad of race ethnicities inside of my blood. So I bring this up because of what I previously said of like, yes, I am black. But because I am African-American black, which is a very specific type of black, I probably do have 50 million things coursing through my veins. Mm. And Tuli and I have had this conversation of like, my hair is not like what she would constitute as black hair or my skin tone or the the way I talk, all these other things, right? But like the actual things I have no control over, right? So like my hair, the way my skin looks, like my nails, all those things, my eye color, all that, I know is informed by the fact that I have a lot of other racial ethnicities inside of my body. Mm. I did not have any choice over that, but that is is what it is. So I'm not mixed per se, but I do have a lot of genotypes. That's the word I'm looking for. Yes, genotypes inside of my blood running through me. And the way that I have been raised and the family that I grew up with is black by today's standards. I don't know what it would be by yesterday's standards. However, in America, we have this thing called Independence Day. The 4th of July when, like, we, you know, broke our independence from Britain and all this other stuff, yada, yada, yada. And me and my friends have come to this pro-black sides of our lives of like f america because yeah f america right we all feel that way that that just is what it is i'm sure i know white people who feel that way f america sorry (laughs) but that's also counterintuitive right because we can say like it wasn't my independence day but actually it was it very much so is my independence day and here's why Mm-hmm. My ancestors built this country. Mm-hmm. Without my ancestors building up your economy, you would not have America. Absolutely. Without us literally working us into the ground, you would not have the music you have. Mm-hmm. You would not have the style that you have. Yeah. You would not have the hair color types that you have. Mm-hmm. You would not have the slang that you have. You would not have the governmental buildings that you have without us. Absolutely. So when I say Happy Independence Day, it's not because some white male worked their behinds off and basically pillaged us raped us demeaned us broke us down no i say happy independence day because if it was not for my people who did also fight inside that war with you because black people have fought in every single war for Mm -hmm. this country you would not have the independence that you have so what but white people really need to be saying to me outside of june 14th but also on independence day on fourth of july is thank you for your people's service Mm -hmm. because otherwise you wouldn't have the country that you have Mm -hmm. today so that is my quick little rant about the fact that, no, it, this is also my country. Mm. And I feel like now that I'm older, I have more pride in that. And I definitely think I realize that more and more throughout this episode is we all have our own pride in our country for better or worse. America's really crazy with ours, but like we <laughs> yeah, wouldn't have we know. the country we had without. Yeah. Like, honestly, like I have, I had a German teacher once say, you guys are pretty bad. Like. This is the reason why we don't even say our national anthem on a regular basis. Because, yeah. you know, like, Nazis, Hitler, all I mean, that stuff. Yeah, that is very Nazi-esque, which y'all be doing. So It really, you know, it really do be sometimes. Like, you guys are really patriotic. <laughs> like, extremely patriotic and, like, hectic patriotic. I mean, I think South Africans are patriotic, but at the end of the day, you know... If somebody's offering Royalty. me a ticket to leave this country, I'm out. <laughs> I am out. True, but immediately. Where would I go? Like I thought about that too. Question. I'm like, where would I even go? I would go anywhere else but here. 
Okay, I love my country, and that's, that's the thing that. about South Africans is like we 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 love being South African. Like there is no other experience in the world like being South African. However, <laughs> Candace talked about that. However, Candace talked about that in her episode. Exactly, I love being South African. I could never even imagine myself living anywhere around the world. I love my country. I'm not even. I'm not the type of girl who's like, oh, I want to live overseas. I've never been that girl. However. <laughs> If I could move to any other country in the world where I can take a walk at night, like safely take a walk yeah. by myself at yeah. night, I'm winning. If I could live in a country that does not load shed and switch off my electricity, I'm winning. If I could be in Y'all, a country they be going through it, okay? Unemployment rate is 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 not as high as South Africa. I'm winning. So there are so many reasons why I would leave this country. <laughs> so many. But that's not what we're here to talk about. But what I wanted to touch on with you talking about, you know, your, you know, different things that make up who you are. I, 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 I think, yeah. I think as black people, we constantly feel the need to pull up our genetic scorecard. You know, we constantly true. feel the need Very to be true. interesting enough to say, well, my fifth cousin on my uncle's side, twice removed, his brother's cousin's mother's father was actually Indian, and that's why I have hair like this. You know, it's not interesting yep. enough for us yep. to just be black. You know, black people are a wonder. You know, so I could be black and born with green eyes, and that doesn't mean that like i'm mixed with anything <laughs> you know like black people are born with blonde um, hair do you know what i mean like born out the womb with blonde yeah. hair and i am still 100 percent blackity black so i think there's also yeah. this thing that the world does to us that makes us feel like we need to like put in our exotic scorecards so that we can be like yeah even me i have a white grandmother on my uncle's side you know and it's like my sister you look black you and you are black <laughs> it's okay you literally just don't it's okay you know what i mean like you you look black and you are black and it's almost like you know you know the black don't crack type of things which is so true because black really don't crack but sometimes it really don't you it's are 16 <laughs> and you look 60 okay and there's nothing wrong with that it's rare my what grand for example <laughs> like my grand is 75 and she looks 75, okay? Love her to bits, but I'm not going to go around posting my grand on Instagram saying, oh, 75, looking 42. No, you don't look 42, and that's okay. And I think it's the same kind yeah. of... Um, and there's a pride in that, too. Right? Like I feel like when you are that, to that age, you're like, dude, I earned every exactly. single one of these years. Exactly. So but the, the, there's, a, there's a kind of overcompensation, I wanted to say, that black people do is the same as women, you know, particularly black women. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I must be 55, but I must look 32. No, sister, you can be 45 and yes. look 45. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. The same as being man. black. Beauty standards. I am black and I look black and that's fine. You know, that's okay. But yes. touching on that, I wanted to find out from you. What do you feel like is your favorite part of being black? I've been seeing all these TikToks <laughs> and they're hilarious. I literally saw one just before we started recording. But what is the best? Not the TikTok. TikTok. T- listen, TikTok is my, is my thing. 
Love it. I'm just a spectator, though. Guys. What is your favorite part about being... There's so many, but, like, if you could narrow it down to a few things, what is your favorite part? Okay. Do you have yours ready? I don't. <laughs> I'm going to think while you're talking. Dang. Okay. Okay, so we're going to have me go first. Got it. Cool. Um, I would say my favorite thing about me being black there is a lot. There are so a lot. Many. But I was saying, I was jokingly saying this the other day, but I actually really mean this. We are so funny. We, we are so are. flipping funny. We really there are. There is nothing like having, no, when I tell you there's an awkward situation and your one black friend just all of a sudden just be like, well, that was awkward. And everybody just starts cracking up yeah. or just randomly crack a random joke. And it could be the most serious shit in the world, y'all. Like, we in the middle of a test type shit. <laughs> and we about to die. And a black person, I kid you not, is going to be the one cracking that joke, bro. <laughs> they are going to get to their dying breath. And every single time, it never fails. I go, man, can y'all just be serious for five seconds? No, but you die and laughing with them? We can't. So, we can never. you're not really mad at them. You just like... Y'all can't be serious for shit, bro. <laughs> and it, it's great. Like, it's the greatest thing ever is, like, as a culture, man, it never fails. There's always a Karen or some white woman somewhere who's like, y'all are just, not everything's a joke. And we're all like, but it is <laughs> Not everything's a joke. right now, you a, a whole cartoon. You a whole clown right now, sis. Like, that is funny. That makes me fails. think of high school. That makes you, I think every South African yes. has that kind of like high school yes. was the best because you had the best laughs in high school. The best laughs. And oh, that always. reminds me a lot of like always. white girls crying because the black kids are laughing. And like, I'm sorry, we're just working <laughs> a laugh. For me, I th- but then we also look at each other and we immediately know. Exactly. Like, there were only four of us in our acting class and it never failed. Like, don't get me wrong. Some of us, like, three, all the black girls grew up together. Like, we all were in a theater company together. Yeah. Cool. But we weren't in the same company. Nor was the one black boy in our class with us during those experiences. So, just the universal feeling yeah. of, like looking at each other when something crazy is happening and y'all both crack up like you don't even you don't even be able to like verbalize why you're laughing yeah but you just but it's just funny you just know it's just funny it's just funny like she tried it and you two know it everybody else in the room is like why are y'all laughing but it's just it's just us like it never fails we can break out in church we can break out in anyway. laughter or we could just break out in singing and dancing like it's nobody's business yeah you don't even got to be a performer Like, that's just us. Absolutely. (laughs) For me, I mean, I don't even know if this is a South African thing. It could be. But I don't know if you guys have ever been in the situation where (laughs) you're in, like, a line or, like, something is happening, but, like, the service delivery in South Africa is crappy, okay? Everybody knows this. But I've been in situations where I'm at, like, the traffic department or, like, home affairs, and obviously the line is long, and they're going to tell you the system is offline. Yeah. They're going to tell you, oh, sorry, we can't process your what, what now, and you have to sit there and wait for hours. It just is what it is. This is South Africa, bro. And that is just, and the thing is, Damn. you whiling is going to make the situation slower. But, of course, the whites are always going to while. And we like, this is ridiculous. This is the worst service I've ever received in my whole life. This is disgusting. What kind of a country is it? And the Karen will wile. And we'll sit there and we'll look at it. And we, we, we're not going to complain with you, okay? 
But we're not going to stop you from complaining because maybe if you complain, they'll <laughs> listen to you. And if the line starts moving faster, best believe I'm also going to get to the front of the line and benefit from you complaining. But I ain't going to say shit. That's the problem. The thing about South Africans, black South Africans, we will never complain. Oh, we will never complain. We will never outrightly oh, say, man. hey, I'm unhappy. Please, can I have better service? Oh, no. But we will wait because a Mariki will definitely speak up and say something. And that's just going to benefit me because I'm not about to speak up. <laughs> and we'll all clock each other. We'll all giggle. And we'll all run to the front of the line because Mariki said what she needed to say. And she was heard. And now it's better for everybody. <laughs> but us... I love that. We, we are a peaceful people, okay? Black South Africans, we're not about to rock the boat too much. But we will definitely... We, we, <laughs> we will benefit <laughs> off of those that will rock the boat. <laughs> okay? Bro, that is my favorite part. I can't. That is my favorite part. There that are is so many, a South though. African thing because, look, my mother is a black Karen. Okay, y'all? Let me tell you. She is black. <laughs> she will... Her, between her, Char, and her mama, man, I just be sitting there like, okay. I, I want that go energy, off. though. Y'all got this. As, a, as, got as an older woman, <laughs> especially, like, as a mom. Like, I don't know if you guys have noticed, like, moms don't care. Moms are caring. They give zero And fucks, they bro. will complain and they will speak up. I want that energy. But I think it's like the older you get, the more you really just don't give a shit what people say or think. And so no, you're just going to speak because you want to speak. And you're, you're just going finesse. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, but you've had kids now. Now you have to protect exactly. them. Exactly. I think that's what it that's is. That's like, what it is. I got to now protect my cubs. You're right. And if you are not helping me do that, you in my way, bro. You're right. So I want that energy. I put it on Twitter. I made a Twitter the, or a tweet the other week. It was like, I want the energy of my mom. Absolutely. Like, the 40-year-old energy of my mother yep. who gives zero fucks. That's like, I got five kids. Don't even try and talk to me. Like, I've already been married type energy that my mama got going on. I want that. I don't <laughs> want Tracy in her 20s energy. Like, I feel like that's what I'm giving. But what I really want is Tracy in, like, her 40s right now where my, yeah. my mom could give zero fucks, y'all. Absolutely. She my could not too. care less. The woman... Speaking of black, don't crack. That woman, like, I helped my mom take down her hair the other day. She had, like, twisted and I was untwisting her hair. My mother is actually 30. You just you just don't know it. Because, like, <laughs> there's no way she can look that great in her mid to late 40s. She's almost 50. I'm just like, I can't win. There's no way. I can never. I'm not going to be able to win until I'm her age. There's just no way. <laughs> Girl, I hear you. I really do. I really do. Okay, y'all. Uh, Listen, I think we've talked you all's ears off enough. We're almost at 50 minutes with just the two of us. Exactly. We did that. Exactly. <laughs> so with that being said, I guess we should give the, the surprise now. The, the surprise. I think we're we here. should. I think we should spill the beans. We here. We made it. If you made yes. it this far into the podcast, thank you for journeying with us and riding the wave. We appreciate you so, so, so much. So but much. You did that. Not only are we gonna, However, not only are we gonna park the episode <laughs> around here, we are also going to park the season right here. So yep. these past twenty six episodes, I think this is twenty seven. Um, this was season yes, this one. Will be yeah, this was season one of Run Much, and we are now gonna take a little bit of a sabbatical hiatus, a little bit Just of a, a hiatus. hiatus, a little bit of a siesta, if you will. We're going to go back to the drawing board. We're going to actually rest, first of all, because we literally have literally. dedicated half of the year, eight months of the year, 27 weeks 
of the year. More than half More of the year. More than year, that, <laughs> because there was the planning phase before, and we started recording last year, but only launched this year. So it's been a wild oh gosh, year. When you say it like that, it's almost literally been a year. Literally. It's literally. Literally. Because we started recording in August. Exactly. August, oh, September. So wow. I am so Guys. proud of where we are and so proud of what we've accomplished. And these beautiful 27 episodes that we've been able to create for you and these beautiful conversations we've been able to have with one another, with our amazing guests and with you guys on social media. So many of you guys have DM'd us to collaborate and I just want to reassure you. we will get back to you. We will get back to you. And we will do those collaborations in season two. If you are sitting there wanting to collaborate with us, please don't hesitate to slide into our DMs. Even on this break, we'll still be on our social media. But yeah, this is where we're going to park the season, guys. We're going to rest a bit. We're going to take some time to go back to being friends again. Because <laughs> we're friends, but now Period. we work together. And so everything we talk now about... we're business partners. Exactly. And that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and all we talk about is work. So we just want to take a, a moment to be friends again. We want to recharge ourselves as individuals. Naya has big decisions to make. Um, I'm hitting the theater. Midlife crisis, okay. Right? <laughs> I'm heading back to the theater at the end of this month. I've got a huge rehearsal period coming up in about a week. So there's just a lot happening. Um, watch our social media pages because I will definitely be posting about my show, which opens on the 26th of August. Um, follow our social media and you can come through to the Market Theater Laboratory and watch me perform. And wait for me after the show so that we can actually meet and tell me that you are here because of Ron much. But yeah, those are my reflections. And on, if you haven't. Yeah, those are my reflections on season if you one. What about told you? your friends about us? Yes, tell us about you, please, on all social media. So we do technically have a Twitter page. We're hardly on it, but we are on it. But we are on uh, it. <laughs> but <laughs> also, during this break, feel free to tell three of your friends, five of your friends, 10, 50, as many as you like about yeah. Rant Much. We're on a break. That doesn't mean you all have to be, you know, like you can catch up. Like, I, you can I, do that. I know, I know for I a the fact episode. that none of you, that some of y'all who are listening to this have not listened to all 27 episodes. Okay, so go back. Absolutely not. When you thought it was going to be boring, the episode we posted that you were like, I'm not really interested in that. Go back. I guarantee you'll learn more about me and I'll be even more interesting and amazing. And you'll be like, oh my gosh, I just love Naya. She's awesome. (laughs) Like, yes, I want that feeling. If you're not feeling that by season two, something's wrong. Okay. Um, But that is where we are going to park it. We are going to park this episode. We are going to park this season and we will see you all when we shout out season two we're not even going to tell you when we're going to come back because we want you to be anticipating it like we want you to just be like when are they coming when are they going to do it could be next we'll tell you when we're ready it could be next month okay it could be next year who knows it could be next year (laughs) who knows but until then i hope that you stay posted i hope that you still interact with us on all of our social media and as julie said if you do want to collab if you do want to just shout out how well we did this first season or give us some tips like we are always here for all of that we love engaging with every single one of you and we cannot wait to see what the future holds for not only the two of us in our lives and our friendship and also as business partners but also what this podcast has brought to our lives and what's going to bring inside the future so with that and so much more Have an awesome week, guys, and we will see you guys when we come back. Bye. Bye.